It's the Practical Medicine Podcast again, and it's Dr. Stephanie Litnicki here with... Dr. Rob Balco. And we're here to tell you what to do to get ready for the fall weather. We just want to remind you that the goal of our podcast is to bring awareness about the many different ways to maintain health and heal your body, mind, and spirit from acupuncture to Zen living and everything in between. So on our last podcast, we talked a little bit about our backgrounds and how in New Jersey, we need to have a separate bachelor's degree separate from the one that you get with a bachelor's master's from acupuncture school. We have to pass our national boards before we can practice. And there are some states that require additional training. I only have my license in New York and New Jersey, but you were saying that in... I have a license in Pennsylvania, and there's some additional classes that need to be taken. Right. Um, And then we have to continue our education in order to maintain the acupuncture medical license. So every two-year period, you have to have a certain number of CEUs in order to continue. And there really is a lot to still learn because there's so many textbooks that haven't been translated um, from their, you know, the original Chinese language into American yet. And I don't even know that we'll see all of them translated in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. And there's ongoing research, too, that we're finding more, more and more connections and physiological processes that connect with acupuncture. Yeah. So there's a lot. But today we're going to discuss um, how to take care of yourself in the next few weeks um, as the season changes into autumn and what that means um, in terms of things that we recommend for patients and and to prevent getting sick because that really is what our medicine is about. It's more about maintaining your wellness where when you go to a Western GP, um, other than your annual visit, when you go in, you're usually sick at that point. So we want to see you before as acupuncturists and herbalists. Um, We want to try and prevent getting sick. So some of the backstory of how um, our, you know, traditional Asian medicine works, I thought we would discuss a little bit about yin and yang theory um, and the five elements. So most people have seen the yin and yang symbol. It's the you know, one half of it is swerved and it's white and there's a black circle inside and then the opposite side is black with a white circle. And it exemplifies the fact that one is within the other and they're each changing into each other at all times and this duality is supposed to exist between us. And when you see it usually as it's drawn, that's yin and yang in perfection. (laughs) But I always like to say when stress comes in and, and real life hits, that symbol actually looks distorted and one side will look larger than the other and it it's sort of um you, our goal with our needles and the herbs and the different things that we do is to get it to go back to that balanced and perfect state that we see it in mm-hmm. and go ahead. and provide a dynamic equilibrium of the two yes that's yes. what it's all about because in some philosophies the yin yang symbol is spinning Right. right. So we're constantly moving from yin into yang. We move from night into day. We move from the warmer weather into the colder weather. Right. right? We move from activity to stillness and then back to activity. Cetera, right. Et cetera. And they say that when that separates, that's death. When they're no longer moving and connecting and changing into each other, that yin and yang separate and that that's when death occurs. 
Um, and I, I have sort of likened it to, for people who aren't familiar with traditional Asian medicine, it's like Newton's law of physics that says every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So in traditional Asian medicine, warmth can counter excessive cold and cold can quell excessive heat. So there's, like I said, that yin within yang and yang within yin, and they keep working synergistically to create balance. So when we see patients, the other thing that we consider are the organ systems which govern the pathways and the meridians in the body, which is where we're putting needles or when we are taking herbs that are affecting those different places. And I like to view the points as um, they're like the exits on the interstate and highway. And if there's a traffic jam, the needles or the herbs kind of open those blocks or if it's not moving fast enough, then the needles or the herbs would kind of you know, move things along. Mm -hmm. um, so it either, it does either. Um, so we have those yin organs and yang organs. Right. And when there's a traffic jam on one of those highways, we can shunt it off to another highway. It's actually part of Chinese medical theory. Right. It's not just a nice little metaphor right. to uh, balance that energy out and, and, and uh, release that energy into right. a, another appropriate, probably deficient channel. Right. Yep. So, um, so these bundled pairs of organs are associated with five different elements. So there's wood, fire, earth, metal, and water, which, you know, if we had an unlimited amount of time and we could keep people's interest, we could probably talk <laughs> about those five elements for hours and hours and <clears throat> hours. But I think you and I would just be the only ones interested at, by the time we got <laughs> on. Let's not do that. Yeah, so we'll break it up over different podcasts as we talk seasonally about different different dominating systems. So right now we're in the metal element in the time of autumn. So um, the lung and large intestine are the ones that are predominating mm -hmm. at this time of the year. And the, we also have, that I wanted to talk about a little bit, these six exogenous factors, which are wind, cold, summer heat, damp, dryness and fire and those create imbalance in the body they disrupt yin and yang if they're not um, if they're in excess and they disrupt the elements and how they interact with each other so back to that autumn time of the year the autumn again is the lung and large intestine time and when we think of that there's the evils that pertain to this season so the the wind the cold and the dryness so I'm going to do the cliche. So anyone who is a practitioner has heard this a million times. Wind is rather poetically said to be the carrier of 100 evils and the main disease causing factor. It combines with all these other elements and really can get you at any time of the year. You can have wind and heat combine. You can have wind and damp combine. Um, and it wreaks havoc when it does that. So cold um, generally dominates the winter, although we do start seeing some of that now. And then dryness especially is also associated with autumn. Um, I like to think of the, um, the lung and large intestine, like that image of sort of like the inside of the lung as those little trees and they're affected by that dryness that happens mm -hmm. in the air at this time of the year. So the quality of the air is less moist and we have to be um, aware of that and making sure that things that we're eating can sort of shift how 
how much that impacts what we do. So I thought we would talk about some of the things that mm -hmm. we recommend for our patients to counter what happens with the wind. Mm -hmm. So um, making sure we have changes of clothing for when the weather changes, keeping a sweater or a jacket in the car, um, the scarf. The scarf. The scarf. Wearing a scarf is always uh, helpful in this time of year as our bodies acclimate from the warmer weather to the colder weather, we're really not ready for it. So right. we need to help our bodies a little bit uh, through clothing, through acupuncture, through nourishment uh, foods. Uh, there's a wind tea that I sell that's specifically formulated for uh, wind conditions. Um, like I said, acupuncture, uh, warm foot soaks you have here. Yeah. Really a helpful thing to, to really Because uh, I do feel like the feet get the cold. Sure. Um, sure. I noticed the other day that I didn't think it was particularly cold out. And so most of my house is on a slab. And I think it's about a foot away from the ground. And the floor was so cold. And I'm, I don't wear shoes. It, like I have that outside inside we talked about. Like keeping the outside outside and your, the inside of your house inside. So I do have slippers and I have inside flip-flops and I was running for those slippers to keep my feet warm. Um, but back to the scarf thing. So um, there are two points on the back of the neck called the wind gate, which is why having that scarf is so important. And I got stuck on the boardwalk two weeks ago without my scarf with me. I had it in the car. I was too lazy to walk back and go get it. And I knew, and my neck was tight for a good week and a half. I was doing gua sha to scrape the back of my neck and try and loosen it up. I couldn't turn my neck to one side. So um, wind is really, it is really bad. Um, and also having hats, hats to keep the top of your head warm, particularly for people who don't have as much hair. Um, a lot of guys shave their heads now, so you want to have a hat to keep we talked about you lose a mm -hmm. lot of warmth mm -hmm. from the top of the head um encountering cold uh, other than the you know obviously having the sweater and the scarf with you in the car i like to have patients do a lot with food so the the herbs and stuff that are, are mm -hmm. warming the ginger mm -hmm. um i try and tell people if you can do fresh ginger and just cut some of it up and boil it in hot water mm -hmm. and just drink that yep, nice ginger tea yeah ginger tea it's, mm -hmm. and it's also really good for digestion mm -hmm. and warming the belly and um <clears throat> i like to add it to i make a thai coconut soup and i like fresh ginger and that like it just not it's not the same if you do powdered as mm -hmm. it is when you do fresh and i i do coconut milk in it so it's very creamy and heartier for this time of year um, and you can add it to kanji. We'll talk a little bit about mm -hmm. the kanji aspect of things. Um, mm -hmm. Cinnamon, it's another one that's warm. You could add it to kanji or oatmeal. Um, chai, having all of those different warming mm -hmm. herbs in them. And then I also like cloves added to some of my stuff in the winter, even though it's not one of the warm, acrid, exterior-releasing herbs that we as you know herbalists use it's another good one to add to kanji and warm cereal mm -hmm. um we talked about this is when i say we when rob and i were discussing things stuff to counter dryness pears even mm -hmm. though pears are colder and you might not think of them as being an appropriate food 
to have as it's getting colder. They really are so good for the dryness of the mm -hmm. lungs. Um, I, I do like pear tea sometimes. Okay. Um, and I always keep pear juice because I have, I have that mm -hmm. raspiness and it tends to help with that. Mm -hmm. And by cooking them, you diminish their cold nature. Right. So it's not really as cold as uh, you might be concerned about. Right. And it's delicious with a little bit of cinnamon sprinkled. Yeah, on I was top. just going to say, if you go back to the adding the cinnamon and stuff and put mm -hmm. that with it, it's it again counters the cold nature of mm -hmm. how it is. Mm -hmm. And I, I try and tell people to slow down with the, you know, with the colder foods at this time of mm -hmm. year. I, I always think... Some great things have come from being able to ship foods from different areas. We're mm -hmm. exposed to so many more foods and some of them taste so fantastic, but that doesn't necessarily mean that those foods are the foods that we should be eating at this time of year. Right. We have to be cautious <clears throat> of that and make sure that we switch to more warming foods. Yep. If we look at uh, our more traditional meals that we have, that we're used to having, or maybe that grandma made, we see cloves show up in the winter time right? right cinnamon shows up in the winter time the fall in the winter yeah uh, in the colder weather right and of course in the summer salads fruits right lighter foods uh, foods that might not even be cooked right, right? Uh, crudite yeah what's interesting as coming from a, the background of having my bachelor's is in um, dietetics, so mm -hmm. more Western nutrition. Mm -hmm. And there's mm -hmm. nothing about the temperatures of foods. It's no. just complete, it's all about counting calories. Right. And if you had a patient that, um, when we look at things like the strength of their digestion, if they don't have strong digestion and you keep putting cold foods in there, you're putting out the digestive fire of the stomach and there, it, doesn't improve their digestion and in the end they a lot of times they end up not really mm. losing weight whereas if mm. they took instead of having ice cold salads and had those veggies as a warm soup instead mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they'd be getting the benefit of having the vegetables but without you know destroying their digestion in the winter time with all that cold mm -hmm. i also like chrysanthemum for dryness yep. Um, I, I tend to have patients who have ragweed allergies mm -hmm. do chrysanthemum with goji berries and, and then dip cotton rounds to help with and put it over their eyes to help with some of the dryness and the irritation that they get from Very the good. allergies. Um, so yeah, eating for the season, adding warming foods, not just mm -hmm. cooked to be warm, but warm in temperature. We said staying away from the cold salads. So, so what are some of your favorite, um, winter foods that you like kanji which yeah. is coming up right here and uh, <clears throat> many many cultures will use kanji when, when people are sick whether they're six months old six years old or 60 years old right and what kanji is really is rice with a lot more water what do you, right. do you, do you double triple the I amount of water i think it's like you could do it's like two cups of rice to like seven or eight cups of mm -hmm. water yeah. and it just the rice kind of mm -hmm. It, it's just hardier. It's mm -hmm. like stick to your ribs and comfort food. Yeah, easily digestible, but with, right. but still with plenty of nutrients right. in the rice. Right. And you don't have to do water either. You could do vegetable stock. Mm -hmm. You sure. could do chicken stock, beef stock, and then it becomes even hardier and more nourishing. Right. Um, but whenever people are sick, that's a great way to get some food into them and get mo moisture, right. water, into, right. into, into their body. Um, and then as they start to feel better, we can uh, get a little more uh, 
a little heartier foods. Adding ginger, right? Right. But you know what you had said that I don't think I have ever done. I've always done heartier recipes Mm -hmm. was doing it more like a breakfast and having like the cinnamon Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit of butter or making it. Yeah. I I think I always do oatmeal and I thought, oh, yeah, I really need to start doing kanji more as a breakfast. And it is better to start the day with something warm Mm -hmm. than have the first thing in the winter be something cold. It's not as big a deal in the summer, but in the winter, it shouldn't be ice cold foods in the belly first thing, mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. some warm tea and then, you know, a warmer meal. Mm-hmm. So I think I feel like I, even myself need to do that. Um, I, I feel like bone broth mm-hmm. is another good way to be more nourishing. I've even seen some restaurants now where they're using, like they'll do um, like a matzo ball soup, but do it with a bone broth base instead of just mm-hmm. the regular base and that's heartier that's another one that's really good that after someone has been sick or if they've had surgery or they're depleted is a really good way to build the body back up and and it's i think when i first started suggesting that to people i had someone who really had terrible digestion and she had said that she couldn't eat anything I can't, I just can't eat anything. <laughs> but then she would tell me she would order pickup all the time from Applebee's. And I thought, no, you need to make your own food. And there's, I usually tell um, my patients that when you're making your own food, you're putting your love into it. And then it's like you're eating that love and then the food is even more nourishing. But that being said, I think you can go to Whole Foods now and get frozen bone broth so that you don't have to spend the 24 hours, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. either in your Instapot or cooking Mm -hmm, it on the mm -hmm. stove or in the crock pot. So Mm -hmm. there are shortcuts now, Mm -hmm. although I still like to make it myself. Right. Um, And I like, you know, adding the onions and garlic to things to, you know, my foods to to warm them up. Great. Um, So we were talking about the the different supplements. So you had said you have the Shaoyasan tea and then the the Shao Chai Husan, the wind tea. Mm-hmm. I like to have my patients keep Gan Mao Ling. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So there's the Gan Mao Ling and Yin Shao San are the two formulas that I feel like everybody talks about as being cold formulas. I feel like um, the Yin Chao is a little bit better for the summer in dealing with heat and toxicity. It has um, honeysuckle in it, and I just feel... I. I, it's my go-to when it's more of like a hot thing going on. Whereas mm-hmm. with the gamelang, you can feel that itchy mm-hmm. scratchiness of the throat. And I feel like if you take that for the first couple of days, it almost always kicks out whatever that cold is. And I've had arguments with practitioners that they're like, I don't like it. It's not a specific formula. But at the same time, I could remember teachers of mine saying that the only formula that doesn't work is the formula that you can't get a patient to take. So like if you, you know, if you can't give them a custom formula, then go with the patent and if they're mm-hmm. taking that and they get better, then that's a good yeah. thing. There's a reason these formulas are around and have been around for hundreds, thousands of years. Right. It's plain and simple. Right. They do 80% of the job 80% of the time. And yeah. That's pretty good. And I think with with the gone mounting, <clears throat> the the main herb that I feel does the big the bulk of the work is the bonlung gun. They say it has antimicrobial and antiviral properties, and I think that's why it works, with, whether it's like a bacterial thing that you have coming on or mm-hmm. it's a viral mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. coming on. It just yeah. kicks everything out. Yeah. 
Um, and that's what's great about today is we can look at these herbs that have been around for millennia and they can isolate in the lab the active ingredients that are right. antimicrobial, antibiotic, right. antifungal, um, engender uh, blood flow, uh, right. ex expel, right? open the open up the pores, right. things like that. But it's, also the synergistic relationship of the oh, other sure. herbs that are in it. Like mm -hmm. I think there's a tendency a lot of times in Western medicine to want to isolate that one herb and let, let's make a pill out of that one, but that's not how, that's mm -hmm. the other mm -hmm. issue is that's not how it works. It works in conjunction with right. the other herbs that are in that formula. Right. So I usually try and um, have patients keep this with them. And my kids even, like they know how much it works. Like I remember when my daughter was in, I think she was in elementary school at the time, her coming home, so this, this gone mouthing, I also have it in liquid form so that patients can give it to their kids as well, because I also treat, you treat pediatrics mm -hmm. too. So, um, and she, she came, Rihanna came home and she was taking it out of the cabinet to bring to school to her classmate. And she said, well, so-and-so's mom doesn't have the gone mouthing in their <laughs> medicine cabinet. And I was like, um, yeah, it doesn't work that way. You do not take our herbs from the medicine cabinet and bring them to school to your classmates. I was like, we're, we're not doing that. You can give them my card. They can mm -hmm, come and, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. they can come and see me, but no, we're not bringing herbs to school to, give, <laughs> to distribute. <laughs> um, so like I said, the yin chow san, I have mm -hmm. them keep in the summertime. Sure. Yep. Um, the other one that I think is really good for allergies, I don't know if you use this one, is the Yuping Fun San. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of um, colleagues that were doing seminars when COVID started were talking about keeping that in the right. medicine cabinet sure. as a preventative to keep your immune system strong through all of this. Mm -hmm. And um, when my kids were little, that was one of the ones that I gave to them for, particularly Xander who had allergies, I gave him jade windscreen. And yeah. um, so when you think of jade, you think of jade as this hard stone creating this windscreen and that's what the name translates into mm -hmm, jade mm -hmm. windscreen mm -hmm. and it it is its purpose is to have the strength of jade to protect against the wind yeah i think at one point it was sold out in most suppliers yeah. in what, march and april yeah you so really couldn't get any as soon as i took I, did you watch dr chen's um no. so i watched dr chen's video and i thought okay i'm going to stock up on all the formulas and so in april they were anticipating that they were not going to have it until July. And I just thought, well, I'm going to take it anyway. You know, I had a few bottles of things left and I thought, well, I'm keeping them for my family just in case. Mm -hmm. um, but I stocked up so that yeah. I made sure that I had them. Great. Um, so the next one that I, I like to use is loquat syrup. Um, so this just coats the throat in such a great way and a lot of um, the patients that I have that sing, they'll take this before they sing. Even my daughter, she's an amazing singer and she takes it to help with um, the dryness. Um, and it directs the energy down. So like if you're coughing, we talk about chi going in the wrong direction, energy going in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Loquat syrup takes a cough, which is chi going in the wrong direction and directs it back down so that the air is staying in the lungs when it's mm -hmm. supposed to be in the lungs and not forcibly um, creating that coughing sensation. Mm -hmm. I do a good multivitamin, multivitamin with my patients. Yep, yep. Um, and, and I generally try and stick with, I use um, innate nutrition. I try and tell them not 
I don't want to say I don't trust the stuff that's in a drugstore, but I like a higher quality multivitamin. I feel like you're, you know, things that I know have been tested and other colleagues are using and a little higher end. Right. Yep. Um, Agreed. Vitamin D, although I usually like my patients to have that level checked just to make sure that I'm not, because vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin, so mm -hmm. we don't want them to take it. Um, if they don't need to, but most people I find are not getting the, the sunlight that they need mm -hmm. and they need at least a vitamin D supplement. And, and they were also recommending it as well for preventative for COVID. Mm -hmm. um, so vitamin C, um, my, I tell patients that they can take that. My uh, caution mm -hmm. on the vitamin C is too much of it can cause loose stools, so mm -hmm. just be careful. Um, if you start noticing that it changes the quality of a bowel movement, <clears throat> then back off. <laughs> Don't right. give but, yourself stuck. But the good news is you back off and it changes. It's, right. It's not something that, you know, no, gives it's not you like loose tools for a few days or a week right. or something It'll like that. It'll stop right away. Is, you know, I, I saw someone recently, another colleague said to uh, increase dosage by 1,000 milligrams until tolerance right. right so you know you try a thousand you try two thousand you see where you are with three thousand some people can tolerate that right. some people can some people can't and you may need it at the time so, right so you can you know you can you i i, I do try to um, engage my patients to take and take control of that take responsibility for how much of something they're taking especially with chinese herbs because yeah. they're not it's not a one-size-fits-all. Right. And back to your point about isolating things and making one thing do one thing is, you know, it, this is meant as a more holistic right. uh, treatment or supplement. So, you know, you want them to have a relationship with right. it. So they know, oh, I'm going to take two of those th three times a day when other people might be taking four. Right. Or six. Yeah. You know? It just depends. You know? I, I remember um, one of my favorite herbs, teachers, Dr. Pai, used to say, um, don't come at it with the sledgehammer if all you need is like the tiny little hammer. So he said, you know, start mm -hmm. more gently and then gradually increase with the herbs and that some patients might not need, mm -hmm. like you said, that, you know, whereas I think a lot of Western meds, it's like, okay, this is what the dose is. I mean, not every Western med, but there are a lot of Western meds. That this is the dosage. If you need a Z-Pack, everybody's getting the same Z-Pack, and you might do okay with it, and I might not do okay with it. Just looking at the comments. Hi, Daryl. Hi, BJ. So, um, <laughs> overall, it's a, a more yin time of the year. The days are getting shorter. The nights can, will continue to get longer until the winter solstice. I like to have my patients consider this a time of turning inward and focusing on their family and their home, storing up for the winter to get through the winter. Um, and, you know, we just wanted to share these little pearls of wisdom to help keep our patients and, and you know, anyone who's listening from getting sick. Um, and to encourage you to come in and get a tune-up. If you haven't been in to see your, you know, your practitioner in a while, now's the time of year to get a tune-up, come in, check and see what herbs you should have in your, in your cabinet. Um, and then just briefly, I thought we would just talk about no, knowing the difference between whether you had um, seasonal allergies versus the cold versus the flu. Um, 
and then some of the more serious things that you have to consider if it's COVID. I think the biggest thing with COVID is that loss of um, taste and smell that um, it comes on very, very gradually that you could have it, like the incubation period being, you know, two to 14 days where the cold and the flu, it's, it's a shorter amount of time where you only have one to three to one to four days with those. Um, and seasonal allergies, you could have diff different times of the year. Sure. You're going to talk a little bit more about allergies and how certain ones are, are predominating at certain times of year. Like we're coming out of ragweed season, maybe getting into mold um, with a lot of the leaves and stuff sitting around. Um, you know, with COVID, there's not the same. You could sometimes have aches and pains. Um, with allergies and cold, uh, you might have a little bit more sneezing, uh, not as much with the flu. Uh, coughing is common with COVID and the flu. Um, a lot of the stuff that I looked up on in terms of COVID, and I did not, um, I saw patients post-COVID, um, was that they didn't have the GI symptoms, but I'm, not, I'm hearing from colleagues of ours that that's not the case. Some pa patients are having some GI symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like seasonal allergies, you have that itchy, like uh, the common one that I get with patients is the itchy, watery eyes, the deep mm -hmm. in the eardrum, that scratchiness mm -hmm. that feels like it's all the way in the throat. Right, right. Um, sometimes the throat, sometimes sneezing. Right. Um, yeah. Eyes. Yeah. Most of the time, people who have allergies know if it's an allergy thing or if it's right. some, something additional, like a, a cold coming on or right. flu. Or and I find patients that I've been treating will say that they were someone who normally would get a cold or flu. Um, and once you've been treating them for a while, they'll say, you know, I'm not getting sick as frequently, or I, I normally have had a cold by this time of the year and I'm not. Do you think the acupuncture has anything to do with it? And I always feel that it does because our goal is always to bring our patients back to balance. Mm -hmm. And so somebody might be coming in because they have lower back pain, but the points that we're using to balance their whole body are impacting those other things. So, um, so why don't you talk a little bit about some of the treatments that you do with allergies, um, with your allergy system? Well, I'm going to do a whole episode on the allergy system, and maybe we'll do a demo or something like that. But for the fall, as you mentioned, uh, ragweed is a big one. If you've been outside at all, um, goldenrod is is exploding everywhere yeah. and some people are allergic to that and they, they get horrible sneezing and runny eyes and all that sort of stuff and um, I have a treatment where one or two treatments and it's gone I've been doing this system using the system for 11 years and people don't come back because it it's it clears the allergy which really is an overreaction to that substance right? right you can breathe it i can breathe it but when they breathe it they get this horrible reaction that maybe sends them home right um <clears throat> you mentioned mold that's a big one right now with the leaves falling and with some rain and dampness right we're in that damp part of cold right in the fall you know uh, once we get into december the temperatures will drop enough where the humidity will drop also right. but for right now there's a lot of dampness in the air which engenders mold and um you know some people can't handle that at all and what we do is we actually treat 
all the different mold. Um, there's different, what do you, I forget the name of them. Each spore has a, a different, you know, a Latin name, right. a, a fancy Latin name that we can throw around. So um, we treat that and they do so much better. They can sleep at night. They don't get post-nasal drip. Um, they don't have the itchy eyes and things like that. That's fantastic. Yeah, really good. Uh, so one of the things we also talked about was some some breathing exercises for the lungs to right. open, open up the lungs. And, and, you know, especially now with our phones, we, we're tending yeah. more and more to, you know, we're on our computers, we're on our phones, we're, we're leaning in like this. And it's actually a sympathetic nervous system response right. to protect, you know, when you, even when you're driving your car, you know, you're kind of closing in. And what we want to do is, is bring that back out. And a simple exercise that you usually would do standing, and if you don't need to stand, it'll work for anybody, you know, if you're not uh, capable of standing for any long period of time, is to slowly inhale and bring your hands up like this. So you inhale. And for anyone who listens, they're not going to get the visual, but, right. you know. So I'll, I'll add that then. So what I just did was you, you, you have your hands down by, say, your belly button in front of you, and then you slowly move your hands up the front of your body to your shoulders, inhaling all the way, and then continue raising your hands above your head to where your, your palms are pushing to the sky so that the inside of your arms are actually being stretched. And this is where some of the, um, the yin channels on the arms are. So we're stretching them and activating them. And then you would bring your arms back down to your sides and exhale and bring them back to your belly and do that over again. Inhale, push up, and push back with your arms so that you open up your chest. Because our chest is like a big bellows. When we lean back, we get a lot more surface area inside our chest to absorb and that, oxygen. That hunched over thing that we all do when we're on our phones, it's yeah. contracting all of those muscles. So they're not, right. you know, and, and we're getting that, you know, right. the neck tightness because we're leaning forward too much. Um, my chiropractor always says to lay on the floor with my hands at my sides um, to stretch out like mm -hmm. the pectoralis muscle so that that gets you know more circulation as opposed to being like this mm -hmm. and that that openness also tends to counter some of the stress that happens on the neck from being mm -hmm. like this. Being um, bending forward, yeah. moving, collapsing our shoulders in and then what happens is none of these muscles really get any oxygen. Right. right? They don't get any blood flow, they don't get any oxygen, they're not moving. Right. So that creates more and more problems in this whole area of right. the upper, upper chest. Right. And you're not breathing deep. Right. Like the breath is, when we talk about building the chi and energy of the body, so some of that comes from food and some of that comes from air and exercise. So if you're not, if you're hunched over and the diaphragm isn't pulling down, the lung isn't taking in as much oxygen and it's not taking in as much oxygen at this time of the year when it needs to be and that contributes to overall health and well-being. Right, right. <clears throat> I'm trying to see the comments from over here. Daryl's had patients with the GI version of COVID. Yeah, yeah, see, I feel like some of the stuff that I did in research, I was like, yeah, that's not what I feel colleagues are seeing. Really? Colleagues are seeing so many different things. Yeah, I, I thought we heard a lot of uh, GI stuff in the yeah. beginning. So back to um, the breathing, uh, there was something else I wanted to say. One, one thing, you, another thing you can do is if you just cross your hands over your chest 
where your fingertips are touching the uh, collarbone, mm -hmm. the farthest out point. That's the beginning of the lung channel, and you can massage that a little yeah. bit, and that will help open up the lung channel. Anybody can do that. Or you can just tap it yeah. with your fingertips and just maybe massage it a little I bit. I feel like it gets good. super, super tight. Yeah, and you can feel a tenderness in there depending yeah. on, on your situation if you have any kind of respiratory issue. Right. Right. So then another exercise you can do, and this one is all inside, there's no, there's no outside stuff that you're doing, is visualizing, uh, sit in a nice, calm, relaxing spot, uh, maybe put on some soft music, and then close your eyes and imagine that you're breathing in white puffy clouds of air into your lungs, and you fill your lungs, and breathe all the way down into your diaphragm, and as you exhale, you're exhaling out uh, you know, gray, dirty air pollution, garbage, letting all that go. Right. And that's a big part of um, lung and large intestine, time, fall, um, I'll get to it in a second. So, so you want to just do that over and over again as long as you're comfortable. You can do it for one minute, you can do it for five minutes, you can do it for 15 if you want to. Uh, and if you have a respiratory problem, you may want to do it more and that will help strengthen both your diaphragm and your um, alveoli's ability right. to absorb oxygen. So what was I going to come back to? <laughs> Losing my train of thought. Um, so. Another good one. I forgot what I was going to say. Maybe they'll prompt me. So I missed what's BJ's comment. Can we? The other day I thought I had some kind of chest infection. Couldn't figure it out. But something I never experienced before it turned out to be esophageal reflux. So yeah, that's another thing. When mm -hmm. when patients have reflux, um, it it gives that chest tightness. It mm -hmm. can um, there's a lot that goes on when it's reflux, mm -hmm. and that's another thing that can impact, you know, having a sore throat. It, it depending on how far if someone, and if it becomes a persistent problem, we obviously want patients to go and see their Western practitioner yeah. because uncontrolled <laughs> reflux can lead to a condition called Barrett's esophagus that right. it becomes more concerning because it actually means that the cells that line the esophagus have changed. Um, right. But I could see where that would be stressful, not, not knowing. Sure. Sure. So and one of, of the, and we've got that. Yeah. Um, rebellious cheek, right? Right. In the wrong direction. So one of the things that we didn't really touch on was, um, grief that, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Grief is the emotion that's associated with the lung and large intestine. Um, and I thought it, I would share at least one story that I have that um, when my father passed away, um, and, and he had been sick for a long time, he had MS, and um, at the time that that happened, we all, my children and I, all kept having these respiratory type issues. Mm -hmm. So grief can manifest physically like that. And I know for myself, like I was not taking my care of myself during that time. I was not doing um, the things that I needed to do. So, it, you know, emotions can also manifest and have these, the ability to cause these different patterns. Mm -hmm. um, not, and not just in the autumn, but, you know, sure. grief is associated with the lung and large intestine. In fact, my son had pneumonia in the time after that my father died. And I felt like it was all of us with this, trying not to overexpress that grief that was going on. So keeping that grief in mm -hmm. is not a good thing. And that can also, 
like I try and think of the lung and large intestine as emotionally letting go of things that you want to be open to letting go and not holding on to things that you mm -hmm. shouldn't be holding mm -hmm. on to. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, this time of year when we talk about that introspection is a good time of year to think about things that we might not be letting go of that mm -hmm. we need to let mm -hmm. go of. Right. <clears throat> and that happens at the very physical layer too, right? We breathe in air and we exhale carbon dioxide, the things we don't need. Right. right. The you know the nitrogen that's in the air. We don't we don't let that we don't see value in that. Our bodies can't do anything with it. Right. We let it go. Our large intestine does the same thing. You know the the brother sister organ. Right. For metal, which is this season now. Right. Is we we keep what is important and we let go what doesn't serve right. us. Right. It's not good for us. Right. right. Get rid of all the literal shit. <laughs> I was going to go with crap, but... Um, Sorry. I'm from Jersey. What can I say? That's funny. I'm, I'm going to use that as my excuse. You from Jersey? I'm from Jersey. What exit? <clears throat> so that, that's the other thing that with the um, lung and large intestine that was a lesson for me. My, um, my maternal grandfather had... Um, was not very good, I think, at expressing anything. He was, you know, abused as a kid and, you know, just kept very, very, in, you know, to himself. My mother and my uncles will say, like, he wasn't a great parent, but, like, wasn't abusive to them, but just kept, like, he didn't know what he was thinking. And he ended up with um, colon cancer and... And I always thought he must have been holding in, like once I went to acupuncture school, imagine what he must have been holding in. Like he didn't want to turn out to be someone who was abusive and to, the holding all of that inside, mm -hmm. of course, mm -hmm. to me would manifest in that organ of not letting go. Right. So. Okay. So any other stuff that you want to add there, to our autumn tips to everyone? There was one last, um, tidbit about um, the lungs and the body moving and um, I learned I forget where I picked this up uh, but if you hold your arms above your head you were saying something about right. that on the last podcast for, about how good that is say for a minute right you will actually change your brain chemistry and I think this is great for the end of autumn right now the days are longer uh, you need something some uplifting. Start, you know, the days are, uh, sorry, the nights are longer. Yeah, you know, and, days are shorter. And, you know, we're going into the colder weather. You know, you're shuttered inside more often than not. And uh, people get depressed, right? Seasonal affective disorder and things right. like that. So doing this actually changes our body. Our brain, our body changes our brain. Yeah, with having the right. arms above the head. Right. Lifting up and, and over. And part of this lecture, this, this woman gave a lecture on this, was that um, they tested people who were blind from birth. So they'd never seen people do this, raising their hands in victory. Right? And when they achieved something, they would throw their arms up. Right. So it's like a, it's a natural thing for us to open up to the yang side from this yin closing side. Right. What's interesting, after you said that when we, when we had our last podcast about keeping the arms above, I realized that when I go to sleep, that's how I fall asleep with my, which to me is because you think going to sleep is a more yin, mm. vulnerable, you think, okay, most people curl up and I, no, I had my, you know, my hands up over my head. I was like, well, I'm sleeping like that, like Rob talked about. So 
Probably not through the whole night because <clears throat> I think I tossed right. and turned, but yeah. I just noticed and was aware that I was falling asleep yeah. with my arms above my head. Maybe you're keeping your lungs open. Yeah, that's possible, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. So, so just to review, we want everybody to wear a scarf. Make sure that you have layers of clothes so that when the temperature does change, you don't get stuck in the cooler weather because, you know, we're in Jersey and... I said this, I think, in my blog or my email newsletter that, you know, the weather changes like a, you know, person speeding down the turnpike at 80 miles an hour, seeing a cop <laughs> slamming on the brakes, and it's then 55, so we want people to stay warm. Oh, one other thing that I didn't share that I feel like in the autumn, skin gets really dry. Do you use Emily Skin Soothers? Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, acupuncture colleague, Michael Arsenal, created um, Emily Skin Soothers. It is fantastic for dry skin. There's a bunch of different scents and different herbs and different ones. This one has lavender in it, and it is so great for dry, cracked skin. I donated a bunch of these to um, like little sample sizes to some one of my friends is a nurse and the people on her floor because I felt like, okay. Yeah. They're washing their hands a lot anyway, and with COVID, it was like excessively washing their hands. So it keeps mm -hmm. them from getting, you know, those cracked, dry, red spots. So love Emily Skin Soothers, and I usually have patients, you know, I'll send them home with a sample, <clears throat> and they fall in love with it, and they'll yeah. they'll come back and get it. And there's one for diaper rash, and there's one for really hot, you know, inflamed skin. And so it's another good product that I, I really love. Very cool. Um, one that I really love is this comes out of Hawaii. It's called Put This on Everything. And um, honestly, I forget who referred me to Scott Miller, who makes this in, in Hawaii. And um, it's a great all-purpose um, salve to have for any kind of uh, burns, scratches, cuts, bruises. Um, yeah, I feel like most of our patients who come in, we have fungal. to give them like little kits of things that they can use for when they're at home to keep in their medicine yes. cabinet that are right. different That's from what you would get perfect for that. when you go to like you know your local corner star corner store pharmacy that mm -hmm. they're not going to have the same things there that we have all these little goodies yeah. that you know you can keep in your um keep in your medicine cabinet next to them that are a little bit more of a natural way right. of of treating things mm -hmm. yep. um so upcoming topics that we're going to discuss um our next podcast i i was originally going to go in one direction because we want to talk about our specialties but we sort of jumped the autumn <clears throat> one in between because if we did our specialties by the time we got to autumn it would be past that time and you guys might miss out on all the the tidbits that we had to share so on our next one i'm going to chat about uh, cosmetic acupuncture skin care and looking better naturally versus you know going under the knife um, <laughs> or using botox and getting botox rage and what it you know what the differences are and and what it means to do you know take care mm -hmm. of your skin and in you know, some of it is a little invasive. I do microneedling and I do cosmetic acupuncture and I do a series of things. But in terms of um, you still look like you, you're not going to look like Joan Rivers at the end of it. So I wanted to <laughs> share some of that with everyone. And then after that, you're going to talk a little bit about some of your specialties you're going to do. Um, 
stroke and brain injury. So these are some of the topics that are coming up. And then we're hoping that we can get um, maybe one in between at some point with some question and answers that, you know, our listeners and colleagues might send in that their patients might want us to talk about so we can, you know, share other mm-hmm. healthy bits of information. Sounds and we're great. always open to what, you know, listeners want to hear That's and right. want us to talk about. So yep. we hope you guys enjoyed and had learned a few things about how to stay healthy and we will see you guys in a couple of weeks right thanks ming thank you have a great night the contents presented during the practical medicine podcast include information about various modalities that exist to achieve health and wellness and are for informational purposes only you acknowledge and agree that the following disclaimers and warnings shall apply to all content presented the podcast contains the opinions of dr robert balco d-a-c-l-a-c and dr stephanie lipnicki d-a-c-m-l-a-c and the guests of their show. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding any medical condition. The views expressed in the Practical Medicine Podcast are our own and do not represent those of all licensed acupuncture professionals. Always seek the help of your own acupuncturist or medical provider to determine your best course of action. You may want to use the information presented as a supplement to better understand your diagnosis or treatment, but it should not be the sole thing that you use to make important medical decisions. Do not use the content of the podcast in lieu of medical advice. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking care because of something you have heard on this podcast. Privacy is important to us. Thus, all people, places, and scenarios have been changed where applicable to protect privacy and maintain confidentiality.